0: So fans, welcome back to the latest episode of Shrews Views, where we discuss all the latest goings on down at the Montgomery Waters Meadow. I'm Johnny Drury, and as always, I'm alongside Salop correspondent, the Shop Stars main man down at the Meadow, Ollie Westbury. And today, we're in the company of a Salop legend, as we're joined by Dave Edwards, who's going to be coming along to talk about his charity game at the end of the month. Dave, you well?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Good weekend of football.
0: Good weekend if that's what we like to hear. Well, it's a certainly good weekend for Salop fans. So what we're going to be doing, we'll be chatting with Dave about his, his charity legends game, which you Salop fans will have seen across social media, and we'll get a little bit of an insight into that. We'll also be looking at the superb comeback from Cottrell's men at Pride Park. We'll answer some of your questions, and we'll look ahead to the next two games, starting with the trip to Peterborough tomorrow evening. Oh, you well? Nice trip to Pride Park on Saturday. I'm sure you enjoyed that one. One of the better grounds.
2: Yes, mate. I am. I'm very good. I'm doing well. I enjoyed cottage pie and cabbage before the game. It was absolutely lovely, and we had a we had a lovely little cheese board at halftime as well. So no, it was a uh, it was nice to go to Derby. I've not been there before. It was a it was a lovely stadium. They looked after us well, and yeah, really good. Really glad that Shrews managed to come back and and get a point in the end because at one stage it was looking like it was a long way back. But you know they did really well. All credit to them. So good day at the office. Uh, it was a good day. I enjoyed it.
0: Halftime cheese board. You will have to, have to get onto shoes head of media, Joe Massa, get him to step up his his time game
2: for home games at the no, Meadow future. I know he needs to pick it up. He needs to, But I do like <laughs> the pie. I do like. I do like the the pie at the Meadow. You know, you can't you can't you can't go too you can't go wrong with it. Down to
0: earth, yeah. You'll be back down to earth for the bang on the on Saturday with your your pie, your halftime pie and coffee. But but we'll talk about the uh, the Derby trip. We'll look ahead to the, the next couple of games as well. But first of all, we've got Dave along. Uh, Salop and Wolves legend Dave Edwards who we know has got a charity match at the end of uh, this month it's going to be Salop legends uh, against Wolves legends we've seen some of the names that have been banded about um, who are going to be playing so we'll be talking about them um, but Dave where where did it all come from we obviously know um, a lot of people who know you will know your sort of your charity side your little rascals and, and the stuff you do with the foundation at Salop where where did this where did this idea come from and how long has it sort of been, been in the oven how long has it been cooking for?
1: I think it's something which the yeah. um the guys from Shrewsbury Town Foundation initially brought up and I spent most of my career between the two football clubs being so lucky I've never really had to move away from my home in Pontsbury. so my time at Shrewsbury and then going to Wolves and then had a little time at Reds and then back back here so I'm really lucky and when I left Wolves it was after nine and a half years so it was just short of testimonial um sort of the the longevity of it. So I remember at the time a guy called Laurie Dalrymple who was working at of in the hierarchy, he's gone on the moved. I think he works for Saracens now, but he said at the time I would still love to do a testimony for you but that never really got off the ground and sort of was still playing so I had other things on my mind. And then when I come back to Shrewsbury it kind of got mentioned about maybe doing something together and then the foundation of kind of really come through on it. More recently they spoke to the football club um, we wanted it to be a charity game so it could just raise funds for Shrewsbury Foundation and Little Rascals Foundation, which is a charity I'm heavily involved in. And the club have been great. They've kind of given me the pitch for for free, which obviously <laughs> they won't do for many people. So I've been really lucky in, in that regard. And then I've also been blown away by um, the response I've had from, from players that I've asked to play. So I wanted it to be a game between Wolves and Shrewsbury, the two clubs close to me and have players that i played with so during my spell at Wolves and then my spell at Shrewsbury the first time and there's a couple from the second spell as well so i've been blown away by the response from the players pretty much everyone has come back and said they can play there's a couple with injuries who said they can't play but they'll come along to the day but it's been yeah it's been been amazing so really looking forward tonight and just trying to hopefully get as many fans inside the stadium as possible firstly to see some of their heroes see some of the lads they haven't seen for a long time but then also to to raise some money as well i so say every penny goes to either little rascals foundation which helps children with disabilities and their families but also shoes time foundation who are going to use the money they raise to go towards their provision of, of helping disability causes
0: oh fantastic and i know you've been involved with the little rascals foundation for a while how did that come about dave is that something that's quite close to your heart
1: or or is that just something you fell into um it's a bit of both really i I set up um, Little Rascals Indoor Soft Play Centre with my best friend from, from school, Ben Wootton. and I always wanted to do some sort of charitable thing off the back of it uh, and Ben's sort of work life before Little Rascals and the stuff he does now was working with children with autism so he kind of knew there was not a lot out there really for, for children and families to have a little bit of respite and things like that. So we decided to to set up the charity. My mum's always worked with adults with disabilities, so I was kind of knew that environment really well. And with the play centre, we wanted to kind of open it up just on certain days, just for children with disabilities and their families, in particular, children with the likes of autism and things like that, where they might find it difficult going out in the general public, not quite in know how they might react in certain situations, certain scenarios, whereas, if we had the center just open for these children and their families, then they can be a lot more relaxing there. They're around. Other families are going through similar sorts of things. There's no judgment there whatsoever. And it really took off from there. So we we started with just just the the individual days, and then we moved on to doing holiday clubs, after school clubs. We hold these networking events for the parents so we can signpost them to different areas they might want to go. Um and it's just really grown from there. we We've got for staff now we, where we do one to one mentoring. We try to bridge the gap from childhood to adulthood when they get to sort of late adolescence or 16, 17, 18 learning life skills. So it's it's really taken on from there. But like everything, it it is under underfunded. We get no help from anywhere. All our money is raised from what we make in the centre. So every penny we raise in the centre goes to the charity and then um, all the rest is fundraising. Um, we do do a little bit of bid writing, but we haven't had a, a great deal of funds from that, and then obviously with COVID into that, and not being able to fundraise, and the centre being yeah. shut, it was quite a, it's quite a tough time. So we've come through it the other side reasonably well, but we've just had to move sites permanently um, because our old site, the the landlord wanted the site back, our lease had finished, so that was a bit of a blow as well. But we had a sensory room at the old site, and it was used so much by the children. So when the proceeds of trying to raise some money to build a new sensory room at our, our new centre and hopefully the the funds raised on the game will will go towards that and hopefully it'll be able, it'll be enough to build it for them. to so it be amazing.
0: Well hopefully that's you know fantastic to hear hats off to you. Great work and hopefully Sarp and, and Wolves fans can can dig deep. We'll focus on some of the shoes we players that have been announced. We've just got a, a bit of a list here. Ben Davis legend down at Salop. this time sort of under Gary Peters, Andy Cook, Neil Ashton, Gavin Cowan, you're you're in the stiffs uh Presenting colleague Steve Leslie, who's still playing at the moment at Shiftnell, Ben Hurd, Sam Easton, your other uh, your other presenting colleague, Derek Asamoa, Mark Pugh and Steve Howie. Reading that list and knowing how long some of these guys have been retired, Dave, I'm sure there's gonna be uh, some deep heat flying around and some some W D forty needed on on a few knees. I'm sure you're gonna to have to do a lot of carrying for your team or your teammates, <laughs> given you're still playing.
1: Yeah, well, there's still some more names which will be fully released this week. And there's some some more big names which are gonna come out, which is is amazing. They're all household names within Shrewsbury Town fans. So look look out for those names coming out. But yeah, I, I think a few of them are worried because the Wolves team they're playing, they keep saying to you, Well, they were two or three leagues ahead of us at the time anyway. They were <laughs> championships slash Premier League, and they're also five, five to ten years younger than us as well. So um, they're a little bit worried. A few of them have said it'll be the first charity game you see where the the bus will be parked, and we're trying to <laughs> not concede goals. But I think it'll be, it'll, you say, it'll be great fun for more. I think they're all really excited as well because a lot of them wouldn't have played for quite a while. I think pretty ninety percent of the squad wouldn't have played at um, the new ground as well. So getting the opportunity to play in front of the Shrewsbury Town fans again, and also for their children to to be able to watch them, a lot of the lads' kids wouldn't have maybe been born when they were playing at Shrewsbury or they might have been very, very young. So now they're at more of an age where they can come and watch and take it all in. So there's there's numerous reasons why they would be excited, but I think just playing in front of a, a crowd again in particular will be amazing. That's again, that's why it'd be so good if we can sort of get a real good crowd inside the meadow that afternoon.
0: Yeah, nice view there. You know, you mentioned there, I'd look this morning to see if you had had a testimonial and you mentioned nine and a half years, you know, you'd have thought a player like yourself would have had a testimonial. just Fell a little bit shy of it. It must be. I know it's not classed as your testimony, but it must be be nice that you've got all you know all your ex-teammates together, and and it might help, Probably feel a little bit like that on the day.
1: Yeah, I think from from a selfish point of view, it's great to be able to put this game on and myself kind of go through the the experience. I think when I left both teams, so when I left Wolves. It was um it was done really quickly. Sort of I was close to ten years and then all of a sudden I I found out that I was kind of allowed to leave or surplus to requirements. So a deal got fixed quite quickly to go to Reddin and it happened within the space of one or two days. And I remember Wolves had a game, I think it was away at Derby that weekend. Um, and I kind of felt like I just left out the back door a little bit. It was kind of, Wolves, Wolves were great to me, and they kind of gave me a a nice sort of social media montage. But I never got that opportunity to say goodbye to the fans, not on a match day and kind of say a goodbye. And it was the same at Shrewsbury as well. My last season at Shrewsbury was in the COVID year, so we didn't have fans inside the stadium. So it'd be nice from a selfish point of view to be able to say a proper goodbye to the, to the fans who turned out and just show them how much I appreciate all of them for my time at both football clubs because... I'm a Shrewsbury fan through and through from when I was sort of four or five years old and then with Wolves I learned to love Wolves from when I was there and got embraced in the club and the support is absolutely incredible so yeah I feel myself and my family very much got both clubs in in our minds all the time so that opportunity to play in front of them to say thank you to them and then like I said before to to raise money but it'll be a good spectacle as well the Wolves team is is incredible as well so um, there's some proper top players in that Wolves team so as a a spectacle I'm sure you'll see some some good football as well
0: fantastic we're all looking forward to it and at the end of the show we'll bring all the the ticket details all I'll pass over to you now you and Dave are the the Salop experts you've got your fingers on the pulses with what's going on down at Shrewsbury. and there's only one place to start for you really oh Pride Park on Saturday what a comeback
2: well it was wasn't it I mean I mean firstly thanks for coming on Dave we really appreciate you coming on um and and what well i suppose you just kind of can't believe that this team like every time you think that they're down and out they just kind of just keep coming back don't they
1: yeah it's that they've harnessed something at the football club which hasn't been around for a long time not since paul hurst days where they're never out of a game they've got that that team spirit when i sort of do the column i feel like i'm sounding like a broken record every week talking about that team spirit but it's it's so important and away at derby um, in front of 27, 28, 29,000, whatever it was, 2 nil down at halftime. And you look at the goals they've conceded at home this season, Shrewsbury shouldn't have a, a open house chance of getting back into that game. But the players, the manager, deserve so much credit for being able to flip it around so quickly, make changes at half time. And then I think with the support at that end of the ground as well in that second half, it would have been a special 45 minutes for the time fans that made that trip. Um, and For more than anyone, that those time fans would have deserve seeing that come back and probably could have gone on and won that game in the second half as well um but that fighting spirit is is amazing they've got there at the moment
2: it's been it's been a real a really good run hasn't it since christmas i think they lost that game on new year's day to fleetwood i pointed that out to steve cotrell the other day and he did remind me that they had 10 men that day um and they um they lost that game uh, against Sunderland in the FA Cup. But I think since then, I think they've played ten, won seven, drawn two and lost one. I mean, what, what what's what stood out for you like during this run? Because it really has been a brilliant
1: run of a couple of months now. Yeah, it has been. And I think there's um, maybe a bit of belief, I think, within the players and within the stadiums as well, between the fans, that they can get results because there wasn't a lot going wrong in those results around Christmas time either. There's been a couple of false dawns this year, where town have looked like on the edge of doing something special and then a couple of results are just throwing them off course a little bit. But in all of those games, they're always in the game, That they're never out of sight. They're never usually at 2-0 down at Pride Park was a bit of an anomaly because it, it's always only just a goal. And I think in those results, you look at the the Cambridge one where they were 1-0 up and lost 2-1. Um, and then the games after they they could have quite easily won those games and drawn those games. So they weren't going that far wrong, but I think they had a few injuries. It was at the back end of a a really tough run of games. But then once they got into January, they've strengthened the squad where they can. And then all of a sudden, that um, the the way they've worked leading into that period, and the consistency of the performances, I think they've started to get the the luck they've deserved, which is maybe missed a little bit over that period. Um, And then once you're winning, it's a habit and habits are hard to break and they'll feel like they can go into every single game now and they can win. And even at halftime on Saturday, there would have been a belief in there that they can get back into it. So the players have done terrifically well. They've got a a good squad. And I think having players back fit and available and having options off the bench has undoubtedly helped the manager um, immensely. But then it's just sort of harnessing that belief as well. And say the whole football club's moving in the same direction at the moment. I think that's why they're so successful.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you over that Christmas period from being at all those games. They were desperately unlucky for a, for a period with those red cards. I mean, what did they have? They had two red cards overturned within the space of a few days. And you kind of thought that if those red cards hadn't gone their way, they, they could have been points that they could have picked up. You know, in those games as well. I mean, who would you say kind of really st- stood out for you this season? If you could pick your two town players that have really kind of come to
1: the fore and really impressed you, who who, who would you say they are? They're, well, there would definitely be more than two because, say, to be doing so well, you need seven or eight players every, every week giving you a, a seven or eight perform, seven out of ten, seven or eight out of ten performance, and that's what they've been getting regularly. But if I were to to put my hat on two players, I think. The skipper, Luke Leahy, he's been incredible, an absolute revelation. The coming in as a left back and now being one of the best midfielders in in League One, that deserves a huge amount of credit. So I think with the goals he's added, the leadership he brings, and then his all-round game, kind of being able to play the game at his tempo almost. He's always calm in possession. He's got a little bit of guile about him with his passing, his set pieces. And then that ice call knack when he gets from the from the penalty spot where everyone just expects him to score so i think he's my he's my standout player um and then i think the other player i would say is someone who um, was still there when i was there is, is Matty Pennington he i think he epitomizes what what Steve Cottrell wants in a player um he wants someone who's first and foremost good in the dressing room a good lad um has no sort of airs or graces about him. He's come from a big club, but he's he's a real humble lad, I think. So he's good in the dressing room. Defensively, he's an absolute rock. I think he'll put his head on anything. He defends for his life. Um, his professionalism on and off the training pitch is excellent. And then he's got this knack of popping up in the other end and scoring goals as well. So I think he's an all-round player, all-round defender. Penno's been top class. So it's hard to pick two, but if I were, it, it would be them two.
2: Yeah, he he, he really. Though I, I probably wouldn't disagree with you too much. Matthew Matthew Pennington is a he's a such a lovely bloke as well. Whenever you interview him, he's he's like the most polite lad you, you could ever meet. Um, I asked Steve Cottrell last week um, about the chances of getting into the playoffs, um, and he 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 wanted to not play it down, but you know you, you kind of as you can imagine, he's very focused on the job at hand and the next game. Um, they're currently eight points behind. Barnsley um, and nine behind Derby who they played at the weekend they do have to play everybody around them I think they've got to play pretty much um, most of the teams in the top six between now and the end of the season do, do you think there's a chance that they could they could finish there or would you say is top half more of the aim for town
1: there's always a chance I, I don't think the manager will be thinking too much about it unless they can get on a ridiculous run and say, beat those teams around them where they are at the moment and finishing in the top half of the table is such an overachievement for the 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 budget that the manager has to work with in between the the, the infrastructure of the football club, everything which has come on leaps and bounds year on year from the chairman and Brian Caldwell. Every year it gets better and better and better and they're trying to make themselves this championship-ready football club. Um, but it takes time. Shrewsbury's resources don't match anyone up above them and you see these teams who are pretty much all ex Premier League teams, I think, above them. So to finish in the top half would be a real success this season. Of course fans want to believe and the manager will always try to play down the ambitions. You don't get too far ahead of yourself. Although I've seen a few of the players in recent weeks have said they believe they can get there. And if I'm sort of looking at it logically, I think it, it'll be incredibly difficult to break into that top six. The the teams above them, as I said the resource they have are, are huge. Um and it's quite a big gap to try and bridge with sort of not too much of the season left. So it's it's not impossible and it'd be, be an absolute wonderful achievement if they could do it. But everyone should be delighted with a top half finish for the Shrewsbury Talian team because it shows progression year on year under Steve Cottrell. I think that's the most important thing. We've been getting fed up of being stuck just above that relegation zone and finishing. Eighteenth, seventeenth in those positions. So to to have a season where we finish up in that top half will be a, a massive success.
2: And I just I just wanted to touch on just finally for me. I just wanted to ask, as someone who's played under Steve Cottrell and knows what he's what he's like, like day in day out. What can you kind of give the fans, I suppose, a little bit of insight as to to what it's like to play to play under under Steve
1: well i i wish i was playing under him in this this sort of environment if that makes sense in this sort of team i wish i was 5 years younger and i could sort of still have my legs and be able to do it because i remember before he came in i was really excited to work with steve Cottrell because of i i kind of went close to joining bristol city when i was at I was at walls when walls got promoted from league 1 i was at a contract and walls hadn't officially offered me a, a contract themselves so I spoke to Steve Cottrell, I absolutely loved everything about him, so the opportunity to work with him was really exciting, but just unfortunately for me, I was at the wrong end of my career to really be a success, but he's, um, he's he's a really, really top manager. He's very intense with the way he works inside the dressing room, inside the training ground. If you're not on it, he'll let you know about it. He was a bit unlucky, I think, in the first year, of my, my last year, his first year there, that he, um, he inherited a real sort of bloated squad in terms of there's too many players in there and in terms of personalities, they didn't quite match what Steve Cottrell wanted. And I think you can see now when you talk about team spirit, he's gradually got players through the door which are his type of players in terms of their attitude, their effort, application. Um, and he was big on that and he spoke to me a lot about that. And you can see it coming to the fore now. But His his detail in everything he does is relentless. Every little thing. You'll be out on the training pitch going over every minute bit of a set piece, throw-ins, free kicks from deep, free kicks from around the edge of the box, corners, penalties, absolutely everything. So that you go into a game knowing absolutely everything about the opposition, where they can hurt you, where we could hurt them. So he... um, He's, he's a massive asset for the football club. I think in terms of his football knowledge, and I think he's shown that time and time again this year. Now he's got a squad which is competitive that he can he can change a game quite quickly with his with his tactical knowledge. So yeah, he's 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 very intense. You don't want to get on the on the wrong side of him. But if you give him nothing to worry about, so if your attitudes right every single day, and you apply yourself, and you want to play for Shrewsbury Town Football Club, then he will back you to the hills. I think he's got a group of players now who who showcase that.
2: Yeah, well, he's certainly doing a doing a brilliant job at the moment. Uh, back to you, Johnny.
1: Fantastic.
0: Good to hear you, uh, your views on the on the current Salop stuff. We'll we'll stick uh, to that at the moment, Dave. We have a, a number of Salop fans who get some questions in uh, every week. We've got quite a few here, Um I don't quite know how you are both going to answer this one. But this is a very very glass half full Salop fan. hats off to you, Leo, Rob. So he gets a lot of questions in, Leo. But uh, this is to you to to both of you. If we do get into the Championship, how could you see our side changing now? Leo's really got his sights at high here. He, he's already focused on 23-24 in the Championship.
1: You go first, Dave. <laughs> I, I think it would have to Im- involve some very, very good loan signings. Obviously, we wouldn't have the. You look at the budgets in the championship, and I'm sure the chairman would do his utmost to be as competitive as possible. Um, but you'd have to use the loan market so well to to get you up to that standard of the championship, because it's a, it's another level above the the uh, League One. If you look at the teams that get promoted from League One; it, it's tough that following season unless they get it bang on with the recruitment. So. The low market would be key. You'd have to say keep those those players that have been playing so well. Um, but I think you'd probably need another four or five additions that start in eleven, I think, to to really be competitive.
0: Yeah, it takes us on nicely. We've got another question from Tom. Tom Salop. Uh, his name is on Twitter. Which of the loans, um, if any, do you see us making permanent in the summer? now, we spoke with Steve Coxall about this a few weeks ago, and he said you know he would ideally like to keep them all, but it all depends on budgets. So I'll, I'll just change the question a little bit, just for both of you. If, if you maybe pick two out of that five they've got at the moment, I know four are out of contract. If you say, Shoesby could pick two, um, or could fit two into the, the budgets," like who, who would you look at? I'll just coming to you first. Who, who would you?
1: What what are the five again, to? buddy? So I don't forget anyone. So we've
2: out, got so Killian eye. Phillips, Carl Winchester, Taylor Moore, Christian Sadie, and I've forgotten one.
1: Rob Street. Rob Street. Um, Good luck choosing two of them.
2: Yeah, well, Killian Phillips has been absolutely outstanding since his arrival from Crystal Palace. Um, it's no coincidence that since his arrival, I think his debut was against Sunderland. They have gone on this this run. Yeah. Um, I think Shrewsbury um, would love to keep killing Phillips Um, but I think probably, and I know that there's a belief at Crystal Palace that potentially his future lies in the Premier League Um, and having seen his performances so far, you know, that does not surprise me um, because he has been, like I say, he has been a revelation um, since arriving at town. I think Christian Sadie is absolutely vital to, to kind of watch through as we do. Um, so, you know, he, he'd probably be up there for me. Uh, I think he, well, even, I know he scored quite a few goals so far this year, but I think even when he's not scoring, he kind of offers so much to the team with his hold-up play and, you know, the way he receives the ball and uses his body to kind of shield it from the defenders. So he he's really impressed me. Those two would be the two, but probably on a, on another note, I mean, Taylor Moore's been very good just because of his versatility and that, you know, Shrewsbury have had, they've been blighted by injury problems this year, absolutely blighted by him. But because of his versatility, they've managed to navigate it, you know, fairly, I don't want to say easily because kind of Steve Cottrell reminds me like how 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 challenging it's been for him. But, you know, Taylor Moore's versatility has really made that, you know, it's made it easier for the manager to be able to to kind of, prepare the team and get performances and and sometimes you see the team you know they might be missing one or two but actually because the players can play in different positions it doesn't actually weaken them too much and I think that's probably why we're kind of seeing where they are now in the
1: league and some rewards for that. I, I definitely agree with Killian Phillips, I think he, if you could have anyone, yeah. it would be him definitely. He's a Premier League player in the future, but I think his future, his next low move would be a championship move. A bit like maybe Tyrese Fauna, um, maybe a step above League One, isn't he? But then, like the other ones, it's its, it's difficult to, to really pick one. The, w- the one thing I may say is Dan Udo might be back next year and he might be able to fill the Christian Sadie void if yeah. he wants to come back. Um, for experience, I think Winchester and Taylor Moore. I think off both offer lows to to Shrewsbury Town. Good, honest lads, and say both of them can be versatile as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting
0: to see. Obviously, four of the five are out of contract, so that's one that South fans will have to wait and see. Quest, I'll come to you with this one, Dave, because you played with Raquel Pike. Question from Jacko's three oh nine: How Raquel Pike has completely transformed his South career? An unlikely hero. It's not really a question, more of a statement, but. Is that something that you foresaw, Dave? Obviously, when he came in, I think when you were were around under Sam Ricketts, uh, I think that was when Pike came in. He was centre forward, but you know, Steve Cottrell's made him into a, a right wing back as well. And his he's another one whose versatility has been has been pretty key for Sal
1: this time. He yeah, has. He's sort of come back from the dead, hasn't he? Completely. And um, I'll be honest, it's not maybe something I saw. I, I knew from training with Ricky every day, I know he's he's a good player and I know he's an honest lad as well. He works his socks off. Um, but I just felt that with him going out on loan last year to Scunthorpe, I just thought that might have been the end of his shrewsbury career. But the way he's come back and the manager believed in him, I think that's a big thing for Ricky, having a manager who really believes in you. And it's obvious now that, that Steve Cottrell really does. He uses him, whether from starting the game or coming off the bench, he, he'll play in most games. And... I think his Shrewsbury time career has been a bit strange, a bit unlucky. I think when he first came in, he looked brilliant, really, but then he had a really bad quad injury. I'm not sure if you remember. He um, he tore his, his quad quite badly at the start of the season in his first year. That meant he was out for a long time. He never quite got going again after that, um, but he has the attributes definitely with his, his physical power, his pace. Um, the only thing I think from me seeing Ricky, the only thing he's ever lacked is maybe a little bit of self-belief. But obviously it looks like he's got that now and he's improving with every single performance. And I love stories like that where where someone looks sort of dead and buried at a football club but comes around to to win the fans around because the, the fans weren't necessarily convinced with Ricky either. So, yeah, he, he deserves it. I know he'd have worked extremely hard to get into this position and it's great the fans are seeing it now as well.
0: No, he's doing, uh, he is doing really well. I'm going to finish, we've got a couple of questions on playoff chances, which, you know, we've we've spoke about that but, Um earlier on one final question and it's an interesting topic of conversation now relates back to the loan Steve Cottrell said the loans depend on the budget and he spoke a lot about how well they've done with what they've spent and what they've brought in and they've been sort of repeated comments um and Mm -hmm. fans just asked about his thoughts about talking about the budget and he, he has mentioned it a few times and I'll speak to you both about this Dave I remember listening to Steve Bruce earlier this season when he was at West Brom and People asked him about what he wants, and he said managers are never satisfied. They always want more, and they're not doing their job if they always if they don't stop asking for more. Um, what's your opinions on this? You know, it's something that we've heard from from Cottrell quite often in the in recent weeks, and he's right what he's saying. They've done really well on what they've what they've had to spend. Um, what's your thoughts on the on the sort of comments?
1: Um but exactly what you said there managers will always yeah. want more if you want to to have continued success if you want to build on every year then usually that's going to cost additional money um and he's definitely done well with with what he's got he hasn't got many signings wrong at all steve Cottrell, um probably his only o'brien which hasn't really worked out you would say where they've actually had to invest in a player um I, I, I don't know what the, the figures look like behind the scenes. I don't know what the budget is. I'm pretty, I'm adamant it'll be sort of in the bottom third, at least in the bottom half of the league. So they're certainly punching above their weight. Um, and I know for a fact that they would have had play, well, i have speaking to to people at the football club and things like, I know they've had players almost ready to come through the door. And at the last minute, they get gazumped by a bigger team. So he would have had to do that. And I know the fans will get frustrated looking at the transfer window at times, um, thinking, oh, we need a player and we need a player and we need a player. And then the transfer window running down, running down, is getting later and later. But again, that's the manager and Albie and the recruitment guys having players lined up and they think they've got a chance of getting them. So they're going to hold on and try and get their A1 targets. But then, unfortunately... Because of the the resources and the size of Shrewsbury, really, I suppose, a football club, that if someone comes through the door, that's a Derby, a Portsmouth, a Sheffield Wednesday, that they're going to look at those football clubs instead of Shrewsbury. So their hands are tied a little bit in that respect. So they've done a fantastic job, but the manager would have, will know the restrictions that... That he's that he's under, he'll know what he's got to work with, um, and he's done a terrific job of that. The frustration will definitely come there when he thinks he's got a chance of a player, and then somebody bigger comes along and and takes that player at the at the end of a window, and then you're scrambling and at your second and third targets.
0: Yeah, what's your opinion on it all? I remember I I covered you a couple of weeks ago when you were on holiday, and I sort of instigated the question of the loans and and keeping the loans. Um, but he's sort of Steve Cox mentioned this a few times, hasn't he? And, and you know about budgets and stuff what what's your what's been your sort of sort of take on it is there a bit of frustration there on his part
2: um I, I i suppose i suppose when you have such a good start to the season and you, you can understand it from the manager's perspective can't you that when you have such a good good start to the season you kind of you're in touching distance of really being able to achieve something and you know they probably didn't have the busiest january um you know that it was something that you kind of the feedback i kind of got from Fan census was that they, they would have liked one or two more than than obviously more players ended up leaving the club in January than 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 what came through the door. It is something that that Steve Cottrell's mentioned quite a lot in his in his pre match interviews and his post match interviews as well about about the budget. It, like Dave said, it's not something that we're privy to. We don't we don't know what the budget is. We don't know what money's been spent. We don't know what money's available. Um, And I I suppose that the job is of one one kind of what makes the achievement of where they are in the league right now even more special is that they're going to Pride Park playing in front of 20,000 people with a budget probably three times the size, as in smaller, not bigger um, than Derby's. So that kind of makes their achievement, you know, even more special. And, you know, to consistently get results the way that they have done, um, I would say is credit to them. The budget itself like i said i don't really know you kind of maybe sense a little bit of frustration from steve Cottrell ab- about it but i'm really sure what there is you know i think the budget is what the budget is and what can you do about it
0: no it'll be interesting to see you know if he talks talks about it again or, or or what happens in the future thanks very much for your questions uh salad fans really appreciate that we're just gonna have a little shout out to our our sponsor now, the Ketland Toaster Man, who sponsors all our podcasts here at the Shopstar and Express and Star, your place where you can go for your household items. You can go online to catlandtoasterman.co.uk. Right, Dave, just before we finish off and, and talk about the, the tickets and where people can get them from, how's things at the moment? You're, you're part-time at the moment. We spoke about before we come on air, you just won a, a semi-final, a Welsh League Cup semi-final. So you've got a, a cup final to, to look forward to. How's the, how's the part-time playing going? Still enjoying it?
1: Yes, I still love it. Um, I'm getting increasingly busy with other stuff, though, so um, this will be my last year play and I'm almost at that transition now. And I've missed quite a few games since Christmas with doing sort of different media stuff, commentary stuff, which is is great that I'm getting the opportunities and it's got to a point where I can't turn them down because I'm playing football on a Saturday. So I had to juggle it a little bit. Um, but, yeah, we, we won the League Cup with Ballard, which was amazing. We did that at the end of January, and we just got to the Welsh Cup, fi- uh, Welsh Cup final, well, which we is, can. we'll see the Welsh version of the FA Cup, which is great. Unfortunately, we've, we've got TNS in the final, so it's going to be a, a tough one. Hope We're hoping, we're not sure where the game's going to be yet. I'm hoping it is a, a park pitch somewhere with loads of bobbles, nice and tight, <laughs> and it's hard for them to play because we we're actually playing them this Friday in the league, and it's hard work when you play TNS um but yeah but it's, it's still good fun so this will be my last year so I'm trying to enjoy it as much as I can as much as possible um until I start rolling out for a local team in Shropshire somewhere
0: yeah you meant it it was I think it was a while ago you announced you thought it was going to be a, your last season was it a tough call to to hang the boots up Dave or you, you know it's coming now is was it difficult or I know you've sort of this is not saying uh, in a detrimental way, but you're probably semi-retired, aren't you, from football with it being semi-pro. Has that made it a little bit easier?
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely helped the transition and I could have quite easily hung up my boots when I finished at Shrewsbury. But I just felt with it being that COVID season, I just felt like I had almost some unfinished business and I wasn't ready to give up football. So Ball's been perfect for me. So we we train once a week and play at the weekends, whether it be a Friday or a Saturday. Um this, it's, a, it's a wonderful football club. Ballard is like the, the people there are amazing. Such a community feel about it. Um, so I've really loved my time there. And it's a, it's a hard decision to knock on the head because I would love to carry on. I still feel I can compete at that level and my body still feels fine. And I'm definitely benefiting from only sort of training once a week and playing once a week. I think the overload of training every single day in the last year or so, shoes with my ankles, it was, it was really tough. So I was surprised that training less as, as kind of how well it's gone really um, and I feel sort of fully fit without that yard of pace which I maybe had when I was a little bit younger um, but so I'm, I'm so busy away from the football pitch and obviously a young family as well so it, it's time I kind of yeah hung the boots up and spent a little bit more time with them at, especially at weekends we've never had a weekend to ourselves really for the last 20 odd years so it's um, it'd be nice to get back to them my little lad plays football as well so to be able to watch him on Saturdays and Sundays and things like that will be nice.
0: Oh, brilliant! And how, how have you found? Well, not part time. How have you found the the Welsh league? I know there's a big link there. A lot of players, you know, a lot of Shoesby players go, you know, go over and play in, in Wales, sort of towards the end of their careers. How have you? How have you found it? Some have got sort of certain opinions of the Welsh Premier League, but
1: it's ah, uh, it can be quite tough at times. How have you found it? It is. I think the the teams which have the the 4G facilities which makes so much sense uh, at that level so they can train on the pitch they can rent the pitch out and things like that I think some some real good footballs they they try and play because it's obviously better surface there's a few teams which are still on grass which makes it a bit more difficult because obviously you haven't got the the funds to keep up the maintenance of the pitch like you would in the in the football league but um, I think the quality of it's improving. There's a lot of lads who are dropping out of the league and playing in there. There's lads who've been released from league clubs at a young age and coming into the Welsh league. So the quality's there. Just unfortunately, it's just not. It's just not well supported. Um, I, I think it needs something changing within the setup of the league. It baffles me why they wouldn't maybe turn it into a summer league. Um, mainly because the 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 massive goal for the Welsh clubs I've been lucky enough to do it twice with Balor and TNS do it obviously every year but it's to play in Europe and more often than not when you play these European games you're playing in the early qualifying rounds which are in July and obviously that's in before pre-season starts really so we're going into these games really undercooked um, in terms of match preparation and playing regularly and for instance last year we, we took Sligo Rovers to a penalty shootout uh, which is an amazing achievement for Baller, but they played fifteen. They were fifteen games into their season, whereas we had played a couple of preseason friendlies. Um, I think that's a massive disadvantage. And then the amount of games which you don't necessarily be wanting to go to Connors Key, Flint, Baller on a Friday night in the wind and the hail and things like that, when you've got the opportunity to go and watch your local team in the football league, whether it's a, a Wrexham or a Shrewsbury or something like that on the Saturday. So to play in the summer when there's no Premier League, there's no football league, I think makes a, a mass makes sense to me, and I'm sure it's something they'll look at. But it's not supported well enough at the moment, I think, for the quality on the pitch. So hopefully they'll do something about it. Um, but that needs a reform from the FAW. So be interested see where it goes with that.
0: No, it's a really good good insight for South fans. I know a lot of people in Shropshire have a good sort of keep one eye on, on, on what goes over on in in Mid Wales oh, um, just looking forward to the next couple of games first of all tomorrow evening you'll be making the, the jaunt down to Peterborough 8th versus 9th uh, and then Morecambe on Saturday um, question for both of you could this be a, a defining week in Salop's playoff push six points this week could, could potentially make a, a massive difference the swing the other way might also make a difference what, what do you think Ol?
2: Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I kind of wrote that in my preview of the Derby game on on Thursday when I wrote it for Friday's newspaper that, you know, Salop were entering a real season-defining few days because, you know, they're not just playing teams around them. Um, So the wins kind of count double, don't they? If you get a win, you're not only gaining three points, but you're also stopping kind of your rivals from getting three points as well. So, yeah, I mean... I'd take a point tomorrow night. I think any point away from home is a good one, but I I would certainly take a point against Peterborough. Obviously, they're not a bad side, and obviously away from home, I think it'd be a good result to kind of keep the run going, keep the momentum going, and then to try and move on to Morecambe on Saturday, who obviously was the first game of the season when they drew nil-nil with each other um, up in Lancashire. So, you know, move on to that game and try and target three points from that one. I suppose it'll just be for Steve Cottrell. It'll be, you know, kind of kind of what he says when you ask him about targets. He says he kind of treats games in batches and he kind of like methodically plans his way through them. So it'll be interesting to see what they just like how they, how they go in these few games. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed we can have, we'll have a few more positive results to come. Dave, is the change in
0: Shoesby at the moment, you know, maybe from a few years ago? You know, going to places like Peterborough to London Road tomorrow, a tough place to go, Peterborough, championship side in the last few years, but I'm sure a lot of a lot in that setup dressing room will be thinking, well, and in the in the stands, we can come here and we're not going to just settle for a point, we can win this game tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think just the way the manager sets the teams up and he's pretty much done that ever since we've he's come to the football club, I remember his first few games when we went, up, went on a bit of a winning run, we went up to Hull and won 1-0, we went to Doncaster and won 1-0 at the time, them two were, were top teams in League One. Um so there'll be no fear there. And I think all the pressure's on Peterborough. They're expected to to beat little old Shrewsbury. But I think mean, that plays into into this team's hands because they're so good on the counter attack. They're strong in the middle of the pitch with the three centre-halves and the the midfield they've got. But they always carry that that threat on the counter. So yeah, I, I fully expect Shrewsbury to go there and be competitive, and it's just what happens on the night in terms of which players turn up for Peterborough, which players turn up for Shrewsbury. that is it's fine lines in this league, and hopefully Shrewsbury fall on the right side of it.
0: Brilliant. All in terms of changes, any injury injury worries that we know of at the moment? Are you expecting any major changes from from Saturday?
2: Well, I don't know. Actually, I think it's a really good question because they finished the game playing with a back four and they look really, really threatening and they were really good in that second half. Whether they will, whether Steve Cottrell will go back to his tried and trusted 3 five, 2 I kind of expect him to. But uh, I don't know. I thought they looked really, really effective you know, with that four at the back uh, at the end of that game. I'd probably caveat that by saying, you know, Killian Phillips took a really, really nasty blow to the head at the end of that game. Um yeah, um, I was not too far away from it when it happened. And considering there was nigh on 30,000 people in the ground, you could really hear the noise it made when, you know, the clash between the, the centre-half, Cashin and, and Phillips. So, hope, fingers crossed, he's OK. But I believe Steve Cottrell said after that he was not in a good way um, after the game. So, let's keep our fingers crossed that that he's OK. And, you know, if he might have to sit out this one, that maybe he's ready for, for Saturday. We'll have to
0: we'll have to wait and see indeed. Dave, we'll finish off by just touching on your charity game again. Information, what are sort of ticket sales, ticket prices, you know, where where can people go to get their, their hands on a ticket
1: for the game? Just any any usual way that you would pick up your tickets for Shrewsbury Games, you can get them at a match day at home, you can pop down to the ticket office, um, or you can go on the website and the Shrews tickets website and and get them there. It's I think it's ten pounds for an adult and it's a quid for a kid. So yeah it, it's affordable I know there's time we've got a game the day before so maybe a big ask for fans to come out two days on the bounce but if you can if you can spare the money then it'll be you hugely appreciate it. it'll be a it'll be a great day it really will a real feel good day so please if you've got the the spare 10 pounds to come along then it would be amazing.
0: How's the ticket sales going so far do you know any sort of numbers Are you expect in decent crowd?
1: No I don't know the numbers yet it's I don't know yeah. what the relationship is, like the ticket office, but no, I haven't been able to find out. But, I'm, yeah, we're expecting, in my, in my head, anything sort of over 3,000 would be a, a massive success. And yeah. um, I'm, I know we're going to give out um, tickets to sort of grassroots clubs and, and things like that, and we'll being a Sunday afternoon. So it'd be a great day for the family. Um, but, yeah, anything north of 3,000 would be great. If we can get seven or 8,000 in there, even better.
0: Be absolutely, absolutely bouncing. I suppose the big question is, who's uh, who's Dave Edwards going to play for? Is he going to have a, the sort of the old golden black on, or the or the blue and amber,
1: or a bit of both? I I did say I was going to do a bit of both, but look at the two teams. I think I'll make sure I do my first spell with with Shrewsbury. So it's not second half when the legs are getting a lot more tired. I think i would first be on the Wolves team. <laughs> yeah, just gonna have a bit of a bit
0: of a stroll around with all the old <laughs> championship
1: championship players. Dave, thank you very much for your time. Great to
0: great to hear from you. Great to have thank you on. You're welcome back anytime you're our Shropshire Star columnist, so it'd be good to to get you on the podcast again in the future. But um and ho- hopefully it all goes well with the charity game, hopefully for a, a real Thank successful, you. successful day. Sell up fans, um just when you think the season's gonna hit a bump, sell-up a two-nil down at the break. Uh, a derby looks like they're going to lose they just don't know when to lie down Cottrell's men come out fighting um, and they've still got a very good chance of the playoffs and that dream is alive as always thank you very much for listening to Shrew's Views um, and as always from me and Ollie, and this week from Dave goodbye